Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the co-founder of The Leveragists and Divizio, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good. We have a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey. Hello, Jack. Hello from dark and serious foreboding weather, Indiana. <laughs> We're it's still having winter warming up, here, up to, It's finally warming up again here in sunny Fort Myers, Florida, Jack. It actually got to a wind chill of 24 degrees over the weekend, if you can believe that. No, that's impossible. How are my oranges doing? Uh, probably not very good. Darn it. It was cold. Wow. Well, we'll pull through. Some somehow we'll prevail. <laughs> we have a great well, we've guest got today. Somebody with us. <clears throat> we've got somebody with us whose weather is bound to be colder than either of ours is, so Oh, okay. Well we'll have to check that out. We have Jeff Mills today, a full time internet marketer, information entrepreneur, book author, speaker, sales coach, CEO, and also an avid traveler. Jeff's flagship product is his Social Profit Academy training. It's a course that goes deep and extensive, giving learners uh, a proven eight-step system for e-commerce marketing on Facebook newsfeed on the Facebook newsfeed with paid ads. Jeff, old buddy, how you doing? Can you guys hear me? Okay, can I come in loud and clear? Absolutely. Loud and clear. I'm listening to you guys talk about your weather stories. I'm like, man, you guys got it easy. <laughs> I had a feeling. All right, Tapas, how you doing? Where, where are you at? And, well, and what's we, the got snow, we got snow coming in right now. We had snow yesterday. I think we're supposed to get snow tomorrow. Um, luckily, it's not a whole bunch of snow. But, you know, I grew up in Southern California on the beach. So kind of like you, Gina, down where it's always nice and warm in Florida. But in California... We never ever saw snow unless we went to the mountains. It's always a treat to go to the mountains and actually see snow. Now I live in this stuff. We call it Minnesota. And um, <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago it was so cold here. Um, it was like the the this, the outside temperature was like minus 26. That's how cold it was. But uh, we're we're not oh that cold gosh. right now. We're probably not that bad from you, Jack. We're probably sitting at about you know maybe 13 degrees today. The wind chill looked like maybe minus one. Oh, man. Oh, it's 42 here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you guys, it's probably to get out your shorts and flip-flops. I know. We probably only have a wind chill of uh, of 20 or so, so this is perfect. It, it freaks people out when they see me walking around with flip-flops when there's snow on the ground because you can, you can take the kid out of California, but you can't take the California out of the kid. <laughs> no. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, we'll start you off like we start everybody every week. Uh, many things over the years have probably been the fire in your belly to get you out of bed in the morning. Uh, but what is it now? What is what are you? What's your big thing now that you cannot wait to greet the day every morning that gets you out of out of I mean, bed? I've done a lot of things, a lot of things over the years. You know, I I was you know it's, this is crazy. Just take a little backstory. What got me up a long time ago was podcasting, and I'd gotten away from that. And, and like even like your blog talk radio show is very similar to like a podcast and similar stuff. But I was the second person in the world to ever write a book about podcasting back in 2006, before it ever even existed on iTunes. And people had to code their own podcast shows back mm-hmm. then, you know. And you know, so I was I was kind of like um, teaching podcasting early on. Then I got into outsourcing, then I got into mobile apps, and then I kind of floated around and I landed and I'm currently sitting in the e-commerce space. And what gets me up every day is figuring out how to sell 
e-commerce products, trinkets, uh, knickknacks, um, kitchenwares, T-shirts, um, customized jewelry, customized um, gift items that have people's personalized names on them, things like that through e-commerce using Facebook ads to drive traffic and get people to go to my website and buy my stuff. That's, that's what gets me moving every day. So do you have a uh, a website or a, a huge stable of sites? I have one site. In the, in the e-commerce realm. See, there's some people who believe you should have a niche website, and it's all about, like, if you're going to go into the dog niche, it's just a dog website that sells dog products and dog collars and dog leashes and dog mm-hmm. treats and knickknacks like that. Um, I'm more of the opposite side of the spectrum, and I'm on the general store belief where I think you can do everything you want from one general store. You can sell dog products. I can sell sports necklaces and jewelry. I can do uh, glassware. I can do whatever I want from one website. And the reason I've I've learned that you can do that is because of the training and the experiences I went through selling T-shirts. So kind of step back here to talk about the T-shirt years a few years ago when everyone was selling T-shirts. The way that T-shirt selling would work on Facebook is someone would see an ad uh, in their news feed that would be maybe about, maybe they're a plumber. And so there's like a funny quote that would, the plumber would see in the T-shirt and it would make them laugh. And they go, oh, i got to buy that T-shirt. It would make all my friends laugh. So the plumber would click on that Facebook ad. It would take them to the sales page. And all they would see in that sales page was just that plumber T-shirt. Then they would click the buy button. It would take them through the checkout process. They put their credit card in. Maybe there was an upsell or something there, but they would just go ahead and buy that one thing because that's all they saw. So we've taken that model and put it into the e-commerce space with our Shopify. We use Shopify websites for all of our selling, and it's the same process now. So if someone will see a Facebook ad about whatever it is, whatever product we're selling, they'll click on that ad, and then they'll come to the sales page, and all they see on that sales page is that one product. So they're not getting distracted by a whole bunch of other things that are in my store they're not seeing all the other niches and all the other ca- collections and categories that I sell in. Uh, and then they just go and they go ahead and buy that one thing. And now as they exit through the, the shopping cart, they might see some upsells that are related to that product that they're buying to enhance that product or make it better or, you know, whatever. Um, and then they, they, they go through that checkout process, and we make the sale really easy. So you can have a general store and sell everything. But some people like to niche it out and just have one store that just sells one group of products to one group of niches. They both work great. Either way you do it, but I've just chosen to go the general store route. It's really funny how, uh, you know, and you can talk about this from firsthand perspective all through the years, how uh, where, where people have gone. You know, we all started out in the same basic place. There was only like two places to go when we started <laughs> to learn about yep. marketing and everything else. So we were all in the same place, and it was like the Big Bang. And ever since, our marketer's universe has been expanding outward. And to see where you know each of us ends up at any given time on the timeline is really interesting. So there's, there's uh, my star has shifted back toward um, SEO because I oh, see really? so many people just completely ignoring SEO. And you, you know me. I'm an opportunist. If if everybody's got their back turned to SEO, they say it doesn't work anymore. I'm like, as long as there's a search engine, there's search engine optimization. And then I was just wondering that the other day. I was looking. I was looking at yeah. one of my old agency websites that I used to run, and I had all these services I used to sell for like backlinking and content um, mm-hmm. articles and and website ranking stuff and WordPress blogs. I'm like, man, is that stuff still even relevant today? Because it seems like everyone has gone click funnel crazy, you know. I think it is well, you know. Well, here's the thing that I think is fascinating about that. It didn't change. In fact, I was just telling my wife the other day that I I was one of the only people who wrote a book about the first search engine optimization based on Google's uh, uh, proclivity for links and love of links and the algorithm. Right? I mean, it was like. And you could have a thousand links, and I could have nine hundred and ninety-nine back then, and you'd be number one, and I'd be number two. It was literally a free for all, and that's what they right. called the pages that we got links from. Remember, free for all pages. Right. Yep. yep. And uh, and you know, uh, but I said back then in power linking in two thousand and two, what uh, the fabric of the web is woven together. And now you're links. dating us, Jack. Now you're taking us way back. 
<laughs> I know, I know, but but it's kind of cool because I said then that links will always be the determining factor, the biggest determining factor in search engine optimization because they have to be because that's how the internet's built. It's the structure of the web that cannot change. I mean, you got it from one page to another. You have to click a link, and it's true. It's it's one of the only things you could say about the internet in 2002 that you could still say about the internet in 2017 which I think is kind of a, a neat thing. And, but it's a factor of marketing that has made everybody go to ClickFunnels and Facebook and everything else because when you come out with really cool courses that say, man, you've got to get into this paid advertising. I know you like organic traffic, but hear me out. Search engine optimization is hard, and Facebook advertising is easy, and I've got a one, two, three step system and blah, blah, blah. Well, you put a few hundred thousand of courses like that out with millions of ads, and you start to get people turning toward the paid ad stuff because they think that everything else is irrelevant, and this is where it's at. And from a marketing perspective, that's what you want to do. You want to make everybody think, all, well, I'm thinking, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> it is, it is. So the Internet's still here. Links are still important. All that stuff is, is still there, and nobody's paying attention to it. I mean, there's like SEOs, and there are people who are still doing it, but not like we used to. All of the Internet marketers from like the Warrior Forum and people like that I have almost completely wholesale gone over to paid traffic. And I'm like, wait a minute, I've got all these niches that I had to compete head-to-head -head with these guys before, and if they're not paying attention, I probably could go back, and I've resurrected sites. I've gone back to <laughs> all kinds of stuff, and it's so easy to cakewalk to get in and, and do that because well, we got, is still we got to there. talk about it's that alive and well. some more. You and I got to talk about yeah. that some more offline because um, one of the things that we're doing in 2017 is we're bringing the agency back, and we're going to be going after local business clients and getting back into the local business scene and doing a lot of paid traffic funnels with you know the latest greatest stuff that everyone's all crazy about, which is click funnels. And building these, you know, webinar funnels, sales generation funnels, uh, lead generation funnels for local businesses, so they can get more leads and more traffic, more sales, more exposure. I'm a little bit nervous mm -hmm. about it because having having an agency and a client service based business, now you have a bunch of bosses, and I hate having bosses. But there's yeah. a lot of money to be made in in a, in, a, in the local business services, especially if you can deliver and get them. Traffic. Now you talked about SEO traffic, which I always called the the hurry up and wait uh, method. You know, you build all this stuff out and then and you wait for traffic to come, right? And then sometimes it would right. come, and sometimes you'd wait, and it never would come. And you're like, oh, this business is a scam. This internet SEO stuff doesn't work. But then when I discovered yeah. paid traffic, I could get I could turn on the spigot today and not have to wait. And I know I could pay for a thousand visitors today. I would get my 1,000 visitors, and hopefully a percentage of them would go through a funnel, buy something, and make me money. So I love yeah. paid advertising because I can control and dictate how many people I need to put my offer in front of to test to see if it's going to convert rather than waiting for the SEO uh, people to come who find me or stumble on me some days or months down the road. They're all, they all work. Yeah. SEO, paid traffic, it all works. But you know, I, I, here's, here's what my strategy was. I'm just going to master one thing. I could master SEO. I could master Pinterest. I could figure out Twitter. I, I, I don't want to learn all that stuff. I just want to learn one thing that works. And so I, I, four years ago I said, I'm going to focus on Facebook. I'm going to figure out how to do Facebook ads, why Facebook is the go-to platform to, that everyone should be using. And that's what I've been building my businesses on. We've generated over $1.8 million in just the last couple of years in e-commerce sales just using 100% Facebook ads. Now, do you think that it's easy? It's easier for you and people who have been around and done. You mean you had a hell of a resume before you started doing this, and you that that exposed you to every single facet, every nook and cranny of what it is to be uh, online and to drive attention in in many different ways. SEO, paid, whatever. You already had so much experience. You you would naturally find the prospect of noodling around on Facebook to learn it and to then master it to get a win on it a lot less daunting than anybody else would. Like, there's not well, very many people in the world that have our depth of experience. How did how does this translate well, to people who are listening right question. now? Like, this stuff is hard. 
Well, life experience is good, and having a marketing pedigree of, you know, since 2003, I've been doing marketing and hanging out with people online doing stuff. But uh, Facebook ads, to me, I was like a brand-new baby in diapers with this thing. I didn't know what to do. I needed someone to feed me and clean me and wipe me and burp me. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> um, I, I went to the school of hard knocks like everybody. I thought Facebook ads was going to be easy. I thought I didn't need a course. I, I, I thought I didn't need a mentor or any kind of training. So I, I logged into the Facebook Ads Manager. I placed my first ad, and I proceeded to spend about $250 with no sales. And I'm like, wait, mm. I thought this was supposed to be easy. Uh, everyone said Facebook Ads was easy. I'm not, I'm not getting any engagement. There's no social interaction on my ad. Uh, I don't see a lot of traffic on my website. I must not really know what I'm doing. So then I had to do what everyone else has to do. I paid my money. I bought courses. And, dude, I've spent time. I spent one hour with one um, webinar funnel expert and paid $1,000 just for one hour of his time to learn a very specific strategy for webinar funnels. And so I've, I've learned that in order to get really good at Facebook marketing, you've got to hang out with really good people who are Facebook marketers. And if that means paying for mentoring and paying for coaching, then, then do it. And even if I got one little nugget that could help you know, increase my ROI, uh, even from a $1,000 one-hour session, I was grateful. And so I, I went to the School of Hard Knocks. I baby-stepped my way in. I took all the courses. And then I perfected my own little system. And then I made that system work for me. And then I'll, now I teach people that system so they can get the same kind of results that I'm getting at the Social Profit Academy. So we've gotten rid of the idea that you're some sort of special marketing unicorn where everything comes easy to you. You've never had to struggle with learning anything or, you know, it, it, it's, it's real. I mean, you're real. I think, and I think, I think all that stuff for people at the beginning, I think it's not the, the how-to and the, the tactics. It's, I think for beginners or people who are just getting into it, I think a lot of it's the mental gymnastics that's going on in their brain between their ears that's preventing them from having success and all the self-talk and negative things and all the failure they've had. Now I'm going to go try something else. Well, now they said Facebook's the thing to do. Am I going to succeed next? I sure haven't made a dollar on the Internet yet. And all that stuff I got out of the way years and years and years and years ago, right? So when I start something, yeah. I know it's going to be good. When I start something, I know it's going to be successful. I have no doubt about it. And so uh, the tactics and, the, and all that kind of stuff is easy for me. But I think a lot of people are struggling with the mental gymnastics of success and their own self-doubt and all the failure they've had and, and wondering if this thing is going to be the next thing that's actually going to work for them. And getting through that is a, is a beast for a lot of people. Well, I, I think one of the reasons is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but once you start thinking you want to do something, you've either started something scratch or you're thinking of switching from one thing to another, the mouse is your enemy sometimes because you start clicking around and the first thing you gravitate toward is maybe an article you did, Jeff, or an article I did or Gina did on our blogs that gives you a bunch of free information like, um, you know, five ways to really kill it with Facebook advertising or something like that. And then right. you hear about these five ways. And, of course, if we're doing our job as publishers, we're telling them, you know, there's this step, this step, and this step, and you really got to practice. you got to get good at that. And if you get good at that, then go to step two and then blah, blah. And already this huge accumulation of information is starting to stack up. And then you combine that with the self-talk that you talked about earlier, and it's like, man, I don't know if I can do this. I'm just two blog articles into this, and now this guy wants me to buy a course on this whole thing, yeah. and I'm already on a free article, and I can't understand what's going on. I mean, talk about that. Talk about how people need to maybe streamline how they're thinking, or how do you talk a client through something like that? Well, that's a, that's a lot of questions there. You know, how do I talk a client <laughs> through that? I, I think the best way to talk a client through is say, hey, client, what is it you need the most of right now? What is the most lacking thing in your business that's preventing you from getting where you want to go at the end of the road? And then we find out what that is, and we say, okay, now here's how we're going to get you there, and building a custom funnel that's going to walk them down that road to either getting you know, more leads to a webinar, more leads to a sales call, more leads through you know, a funnel process. Um, one of the things that we do at the Social Profit Academy is we offer value-based free training. 
And, you know, we don't want to – obviously, everyone can be on the Internet and search through 15 different gurus and get 15 different free courses or free PDFs and just be overwhelmed with information. Uh, we don't want people to do that, but it's out there, you know. So I encourage people, mm-hmm. go to socialprofitacademy.com. I have four free training courses there that you can go through. They're about 20 to 30 minutes long, and they teach you little tidbits about Facebook marketing. You just kind of bite-size your way in dip your toe in the water and see if it's something you want to go deeper in. And then um, then we have a process where if people want to come into our, our training or our coaching, we we can and we interview everybody. I took, this is funny, you guys, I took all my sales pages where I, I sell people my services and they can just buy it online. I took all of them offline. So no one can buy anything from me anymore on the, on the Internet. They only can buy something with me when they talk to me or my staff first. Because now we're interviewing everybody we talk to, and we're making sure that what I have and what they need is the same thing to, to really get them on the right um, platform and the right training. Um, and if we're not a match, we don't do business together. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've, one, of the, one of the hard-earned lessons I'm sure you've learned, as I have and Gina has, is that you don't want to work with people that aren't compatible. So you don't just... Throw yourself out there and go, hey, I'm taking all comers. Actually, being picky is better for business, isn't it? For both yeah, the client a, and you. It's a, it comes from a totally different, you know, position of strength, actually. You know, people, not to say everyone who does this is bad, but people who just put their products on the, online and have people come and buy it, that's great. They can get 24-7 sales and never have to worry about it, deliver everything automatically. People get the content and they go off and they get trained. But we're looking for a more personal experience with people. We really want to find out what people need. Do you want to learn how to do e-commerce? Do you want to learn how to do Facebook ads? Do you want to learn how to do an agency? Um, how can we help you? What, what the tools? Here's our tools and here's our resources. Will these be useful for you? We do um, what's based on you know question-based selling, and and I love doing question-based selling. I love finding out what people need and then directing them to the right product that's going to help them as opposed to just trying to make it a catch-all that everybody gets all the same benefit from the same place. And so we can customize a plan. We can work with people one-on-one with coaching, which I love to do that. I love to do one-on-one coaching on Skype um, because, you know, I can see their ads. I can say, show me your Facebook account. They can log into Skype. They can show me their screen. I can look at their screen. I can look at their Facebook ads. I can look at the products they're selling. I can give them advice about what they're doing wrong, what they're doing right, and encourage them. Um, so coaching has been really, really important. So those are just different ways that, um, that we're kind of moving ourselves through funnels and, and moving our people through funnels. It's the same way I would move businesses to help them get leads and clients and sales through their funnels, what we do in an agency. You've always – it was really interesting sitting with you at some conference some time back when you were still doing the T-shirt stuff. And, um, and I, you know, probably the person I learned the most from is just that anecdotal being in a different room when some speaker's in the, you know, big room and you're sitting there working and I'm talking to you. And just like, what's that like? Because I had no idea what being the T-shirt – I never got into the T-shirt thing. I watched it. And the closest yeah. thing I got to it was with you. And yeah. And you were showing me what everybody was doing, then you were showing me what you were doing. And it strikes me that every time I come in contact with you with a page, with a something that you're doing, and it's not that easy to do outside of your main because you're everywhere, but, but you're deep, and you're going direct to consumer. So it's not like you can look up everything that Jeff Mills does because you're just out there talking directly to the guy who needs that plumber T-shirt. I'm never going to see that. You know, and all that stuff. But I've always been struck by how you look at things differently. Like you'll take the – it seems to me like you take the lay of the land and they say, get into T-shirts, you got to do this. Get into e-commerce, you got to do this. But I know if they're talking to you, you're immediately going to look at what they're doing and recommending and completely change it up or put a a unique twist on things that I think is absolutely crucial in business and in marketing. Can you talk about that a little bit in terms of when somebody's – taking a course, how much of their own thinking should they be open to doing? I mean, how much has it benefited you to look outside of what everybody's doing, what the crowd is doing, and make up your own, hey, what if this would work? I mean, does that work for you all the time? It comes down to a story I once heard from from Jimi Hendrix, and Jimi Hendrix was talking about how he learned how to play the guitar. And he said he was 
80% influenced by all the other guitar players that he studied under, and 20% was his own originality that he put into his craft to play the guitar the way he did. And it's the same way with marketing. You know, if you think about it, marketing is like a guitar that we've got to learn to play. And I've learned a lot, you know, probably 80% of my marketing I've learned from watching other marketers do their Facebook ads, watching other marketers do their Facebook uh, or their T-shirts that they came up with. And then what most people teach is like, hey, find out what's successful, find out what other people are doing, and then just change it ever so slightly and drift a little bit differently from it, but make it around the same concepts. And every guru taught that for the last four years. Uh, which was good to teach, but then we created a problem. Like, let me give you some numbers. There's like 400,000 Shopify stores. How many people are selling on Amazon.com right now? Millions. How many people are selling on eBay right now? Millions. How many people are selling on Etsy right now? I don't know, probably 400,000. You put all those um, e-commerce marketers in a course, of which many now Facebook marketing and e-commerce courses is popped out over the last two years because it's been such a popular niche for people to go mm-hmm. learn about that we've all taught people the same thing. Go to Google, look for a T-shirt that someone else made before you, get an idea from that T-shirt, tweak it a little bit, and then go make something new. Well, how many times can you do that before the, like you lose all the creativity in the T-shirt? You know, like if I taught that to every thousand people that have taken my course, and they all go found the same T-shirt in the same niche by doing this a search on Google, they're all going to make the same T-shirt and then change it ever so slightly, but it's not going to be changed enough. Then they're going to go place a Facebook ad because the exact same Facebook audience as a couple hundred other people are doing, and now they're going to show the same T-shirt to the same, who knows, you know, million people inside of Facebook, and then those people on Facebook are going to go, wow, I've seen this T-shirt like a million times today. What's going on with that? And then those people who are selling that T-shirt will go, wow, I didn't get any sales. Why? Um, so... What I'm teaching people now is be the innovator. And it's hard, man. Boy, being the innovator who comes up with a brand new concept or a brand new inspiration or a brand new design that's never been seen before with a phrase that's never been put into the vernacular before, that takes a lot of creativity. It takes a lot of inspiration. But that's what's selling nowadays. And we used to be able to just put text on a shirt, Jack. We could just say, we could just say, you know, uh, my wife is psychotic, and then take then take the word psychotic and make the H O T like capital letters, so it says my wife is hot, but it really says psychotic. <laughs> but that shirt sold a crap ton of of sales. One of my students came up with that concept, and um, and then it got copied by everybody, you know. And then you know mm-hmm. so now you can't use those concepts anymore. So now taking things that used to be popular and just spinning them is not the way to go anymore. And that might bum a lot of people out because it's gonna, they're going to have to work a lot harder and come up with new creative concepts. Instead of text on a shirt, now it needs to be graphically um, beautiful. It needs to be designed by professionals. You, maybe you can still get away with some lucky phrases on a shirt that just have text on them without any special graphics or any kind of like, you know, um, beautiful designs. But beautiful designs and cool-looking shirts really sell well now still today. People still sell thousands and thousands and thousands of shirts every single month, but, but there's just a lot more people doing it now than there used to be. Competition is fierce, and Facebook ads. Yeah. There's there's two million people in the Facebook advertising program, and they're all marketing to what almost two billion people on the platform. Uh, and of course, most of them are just marketing to people in America. Here's a little tip for everybody listening: there are other countries in the world <laughs> besides America where people buy stuff. And so maybe you should know my wife ads. is psychotic is in Spanish. And if it works the same. <laughs> it probably wouldn't work. It probably wouldn't work because of the way that the word hot gets capitalized. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Muy caliente. There's gotta be an equivalency, but if you're not thinking that way, you're never gonna discover it in the first place. So I mean Yeah. You know, yeah, you get, you get I see all of that stuff. You know how I am. I just run away from competition. And any time it gets too hot, I start thinking, all right, well, what's everybody, since they're all paying attention to that, what are they ignoring? Let's go over there. Because that would be so much easier. And it always is. I mean, if you find it, and it's hard work, too. It's kind of like that creativity hard work that you were talking about. Because you, you can't get that from a course. Nobody can tell you where to go. 
and because they right. would be there, right? And then but they might not even want to tell you once they got there. Inspiration yeah. is everywhere, and and and, it's, and as long as you're open to it and you're always thinking on it, like one day I saw a T-shirt and or I saw that ad for the Dos Equis, um, you know, the, I'm the, the what's the most interesting guy in the world commercial? He says, I don't always mm-hmm. drink beer, but, but when I do, it's Dos Equis or whatever he says. So yeah, um, that combined with another T-shirt I saw inspired an idea where it said, I don't always. Um, Stream. I don't always drink. Um, like I think of what the church says now. It's like I don't always scream, <laughs> drink, and swear. But when I do, I'm usually watching Dallas football. And and that shirt um, was is what I would call a legacy concept. And what I, what I mean is a legacy concept is it makes legacy income for the T-shirt company because you can take that design and it's scalable sideways through every team because that that phrase is able to be worked on for for every sports team. Now, you can't say, mm-hmm. you know, trademarks and copyrights, right? So you can't say Dallas Cowboys. You can't say Cowboys. But you can say Dallas. Or you can say watch Dallas play football because you haven't used any of their trademark infringing word, you know, words that get you in trouble. So we took that yeah. kind of a concept, which we kind of got inspired through through two different sources, kind of combined them into one. We put it out there, and it worked. And we ran it to every single NFL team. Some teams, that shirt sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hoodies. And then we said, wow, it worked in the NFL. Will it work in Canada? Because there is a Canadian football team, uh, a Canadian football league, you guys, just in case people are wondering. So we ran that shirt to the Canadian football team, and we made, we made money there. And then we took that concept to Australia and there's rugby leagues in Australia, and we ran it to the rugby leagues, and it worked in Australia. And then we said, well, I wonder if it would work for baseball or soccer or, or basketball or hockey. And that one concept made us probably $400,000, um, scaling it through multiple different niches. And that, here's, here's the closing point of this. It's that, it's that one original idea that you actually come up with from scratch that becomes your biggest moneymaker in most cases. Instead of just copying everybody and just tweaking things here and there like everyone else teaches, it's that one really genius thing that can really make you a lot of money. But it just takes a lot of creative brain power to get there. And if you keep working at it, you'll find that one thing that breaks you through. Well, if you're looking for it, if you're looking and you're constantly on the search and you're being more casual about it, you kind of like surfing the wave instead of trying to make waves happen, and you're always on the look, something out of the corner of your eye could come up and then it could demonstrate everything that you just laid out, which is uh, it could become a legacy concept. It could be something that could be taken across the niche, all different new niches, all kind. It could turn out to be a big $400,000 thing or more, and you just you were open to it. You were open to, you know, you were open to creativity. A lot of marketers I meet are really down in the books. They're more Excel spreadsheets and copy and all of that kind of stuff and and if there if you're too much in that area aren't you missing opportunities by the very nature of what it means to be awake aware and looking for opportunities or at least being able to see them when they sit right in your lap you, you got to just be open minded i was sitting at the airport and uh, I, was, I was standing in line to get on a plane and this uh, guy two people in front of me has this hoodie on and he turns around and he has this hoodie and it says um, freedom isn't free. I paid for it, and it had this cool picture of like an eagle on there, and it had like he was in, like an ex-military. And I'm like, whoa, that's a cool-looking design. I asked him. I said, I bet you bought that on the internet. He says, Yeah. How'd you know? I said, It just looks like the style of a shirt that would be sold on like Teespring.com or something like that. He's like, Yeah, I bought it on Teespring.com. But I remember that encounter, and I remember the design. I came home. And because I was open to receiving something that was inspiring to me, I said, let's make a shirt that says freedom isn't free. I paid for it, and we're going to sell it to vets. And because Facebook ads are so easy to target people who are veterans, we showed the veterans through Facebook ads this new concept that we came up with, and boom, sold a bunch of shirts because of the inspiration and being open to looking around and seeing it. Uh, getting into the into the spreadsheets and the tactics and the and the details of you know, all that stuff is, is to me, not fun. 
it, it's the creativity. Now, I'm not a graphics guy, too, so you guys, I don't make my own T-shirts. I don't make my own designs. I've, I'm have i expert at outsourcing. I'm an expert at bringing teams around me to do the work that I suck at, basically, or I just don't want to do. And I, I outsource and offload all my busy work to my team in the Philippines, and they create all the design concepts for me. Man, we've gone through so many revisions on things over and over and over until we finally get something that looks good. And then we put it out there and we see if the market likes it. There's so many times we've thrown something out there. Oh, this is going to be a $100,000 shirt. And we put it out in the marketplace and we get like one sale. Like, whoops, we kind of missed that one. <laughs> then the one that we think, oh, this one's probably not going to sell that many. We throw it out there. Boom, 500 sales on it. Like, what? How, how did that work? Sometimes this is a mystery. But I love the mystery. I love the game. Yeah. Well, that's important, isn't it? I mean, you can't just be – how many people have you run into over all these years that are just so focused on, I want to make money? And, yeah. and you know, you know you're gu- they're asking you questions. You might answer a couple. And you know right then in the back of your mind you're guiding somebody who doesn't have all the tools, all the equipment to actually succeed with this because they don't have any passion for it. You can tell. They just want to do the money thing. Talk talk about that a little bit and why that's important. Well, a lot of people think marketing is easy. They think we we are good as marketers making everything look easy. Why? Because we want to sell them our stuff. And that, that's just the honest, brutal truth. So what we do is we make things look easy. And then when people get into the details of it, it's like it's not as easy and it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of time and, and they thought they wanted to going to make money yesterday. They want to make money right now. We take people through a process, um, uh, like a three-step process. There's three things you, you need to master before you're going to be successful as an e-commerce seller. Number one, you've got to have a selling system that gets you money, like Shopify. You've got to be able to master how to set up your Shopify store correctly. And setting up a Shopify store is not easy. I mean, yeah, there's just like put your name and your address and that kind of stuff here in the boxes. And then but there's some custom stuff you need to do in your Shopify store that's going to make you get more sales than just taking what they give you out of the box. The second thing you got to do is you got to really understand how Facebook works, which means you got to understand all these different ad types and is it a website conversion ad you're going to use? Are you going to use a video ad? Are you going to use a page post engagement ad? What are those, and what are the structures of those? And how do those look, and how do they work, and how do they function? The third thing you got to master is you got to master how to get products into your Shopify store, and where you're going to source what you're going to sell. Now, what makes the e-commerce business so great is that we don't have to make anything. We have to just create the design. If we're going to make a T-shirt, create a design, put it on a T-shirt, slap it on the internet, drive traffic to it. Someone buys it. Someone else makes it and ships it for us so we never touch it and see it. That's the beautiful thing that attracts people to this business. If I'm going to check my store to AliExpress, which is a, a store in China that basically is like the Amazon of the world, everything on Amazon and eBay came from AliExpress, you guys. I hate to burst your bubble, but if you've ever been buying stuff from Amazon, you've ever been buying stuff from eBay, go to AliExpress, you can get it for pennies on the dollar. And that just changed a bunch of people's lives right there. <laughs> but we go get products from AliExpress, and then we mark those up, and we put them into our store, and and people can and co- go in there and get those products at, at a higher price. Um, and obviously, if they found them at AliExpress, they could get them for cheaper. But most people aren't savvy shoppers; they're not going to go shop around and price price shop for stuff. So it's these details like that that people got to learn to master these these three things. It's not easy. But it does take work, and it does take effort, and anything worth doing is worth doing well, worth doing right, and worth spending time into until you become a master of it. Most people are hobbyists, and they are looking for those quick fixes. They're looking to get in and get out, or they're looking to get in quick and make a bunch of money. They're like gamblers. Like, I'm going to put $1,000 down on black, and I got a 50-50 chance it's going to hit, and it didn't hit. Oops. There goes my thousand bucks. Well, off to the next yep. thing, and they're off to the next thing. Oh, Jack said SEO's back, so I gotta go. I gotta go do that now. Yeah. You know, but I've 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 been guilty of following the trends and kind of jumping from one thing to the next to the next. But when I follow the trends, I usually follow the trends and make a bunch of money in it until there's no more money for me to be made, or I just don't like it anymore. Or I get bored with it. 
and I see what's next. I don't know what's going to be next. You know, I've been spending four years in this e-commerce space, and now I'm jumping into the agency business again. Um, we'll see what what's going to happen. You know, man, social media has changed so much. Yeah, Twitter and Pinterest and in, Instagram, well, it's guaranteed and Snapchat, to change, right? Yeah. It's crazy. And and it's just going to keep doing that. I mean, it's going to keep evolving. To think that we're all going to be on Facebook in five years or ten years or whatever. I mean, that's even giving it a long time. But it's gotten longer. Like MySpace has just been a drop in the bucket now. But at one oh, point, MySpace, it was the biggest thing. That's so funny. That's so funny. You yeah. mentioned MySpace. Is like, yeah. That was like the thing, and then it was not the thing. But never how everyone yeah. used to go to Google. They started their day going to Google, and they say, Google, I'm going to search for this. They type in the search phrase, and then Google will be the, the starting point for every browser. You turn on your computer, you fire up your browser, and your browser lands you on Google, and you search for something. Now people don't do that. The browser fires up, and it's Facebook. They're already logged into Facebook, and there is all their friends do, talking about the food they're eating and the vacations they're on and their party they went to last night, or this person's depressed. And that's that's what they're seeing in their in their news feed, and that's what their day is. And so you've got to put your content where the people are. In the old days, mm-hmm. you put your content on an email because that's where the people were. And you send an email to somebody, and they went, cool, I got an email from somebody. And now we get like 5,000 <laughs> emails a day, and we're not like very cool about that. And then it was like, hey, Google, go to Google, search for stuff. you got to have your stuff on Google. So everyone went to Google. Now, it's everyone's in these social media platforms. They're on tw- Twitter. They're on Instagram. They're on Snapchat. You've got to be there, too, because that's where the traffic is. That's where the eyeballs. You said five to ten years from now, it might not be that way. You're probably mm-hmm. right. I have no idea what that would look like five to ten years from now. But you've got to go where the people are. That's just the bottom line of marketing, because you know, you're fishing yeah. in, a, in an empty lake. You're not going to get any fish. You're going to starve. Well, yeah, that is the bottom line. It doesn't matter what happens in five or ten years. It literally, the only thing that matters is right now, and it's the yeah. only thing that ever has. And so, the, so they, you know, you, if you were fishing and you were really hungry and you had a family and you went to a little pond and, or a stream and you thought this was going to be really good, uh, but you didn't get any bites, you don't just quit. You can't. You're going to die. You got to have food. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the ponds and the oceans that we're fishing in now. They have weird little differences, like, uh, you know, and it only affects us, those of us who've, who've been, you know, before, where, you know, you could put up some keywords and get some, you know, uh, traffic to your content from SEO for free, in air quotes. You had to work for that. That's a resource. That's worth money. But I didn't lay out any cash for it. I didn't pay anybody for an ad. And then this thing comes along that says, we're going to c- gather all your people here, Um so here they are. We captured them all. We win. You didn't. We did. Uh, we got your people. We got all their attention. They're ignoring your emails. They're ignoring all the old ways you used to market. But we will let you get access to them. You just have to pay a few pennies per click. <laughs> or if you're not doing it right, you're going to have to pay a lot more, and, and there's a tax for learning that new thing. But, but uh, I had a real problem with that, you know, because I came from the free traffic world. I was Mr. Free Traffic. <laughs> and and I was sworn uh, many of those years to never, ever do paid advertising. I didn't do big media buys when you were buying banners on Yahoo networks and stuff like that. I didn't do any of that uh, because I was railing again. I'm like, it's free over here, dude. <laughs> but then yep. Facebook happened, and it's like, oh, God. I, I got away from ever having to deal with AdWords that much except for with clients who wanted to do that. It was good for their industries to do that. Some industries aren't good for some of these things. and uh, But – Facebook I couldn't ignore because especially when when guys like you were coming out with, hey, look, I just got penny clicks, <laughs> really good targeted yeah. clicks for like really, really super cheap. And uh, and that was exciting. That got those of us who were into the free thing, organic uh, traffic, to dip our toe in. And then we realized that not all penny clicks are made the same, that it, actually if you got your shit together really well and you know what your conversions are going to be and you know – you got a good funnel and everything else. It doesn't hurt to pay fifty cents a click if you know that you're going to. You already got your conversion, and so that's how I came to the whole paid advertising. It had to be gently done, and I didn't just jump all completely all into it. And uh, and now you said earlier, you know what? If you do SEO, it's a waiting game, and I don't ever let anybody just go into SEO. They have to support it. 
they, they want results now. And I lose clients if they have to wait too long for their search results. So it starts right off with, while we're doing this, you're going to be doing Facebook and AdWords and other advertising because because you should. And also, it's a signal, you know, that traffic, that engagement, those Google Analytics are tracking everything on your site, and Google reports back to itself saying, this is an engaging site, or it's not, or it doesn't have any traffic, so I can't tell, and I'm not going to rank it. So in order to get ranked faster, it's good to have an advertising campaign because that's where you get your traffic. You're not getting it from search. You have to get it from somewhere. And then Google can watch how long people stay on your site, go to other pages, watch a video, and then it gives you an engagement ranking in one of its 260 you know, things in its algorithm that it uses to, to measure sites, and then you're off to the races a lot quicker. So like, you can't do anything without having some kind of a paid game going on. It's just not well, possible. You, you I mean, could you build can, an awesome funnel, but it's right? That waiting game that you were talking about. Right, you could build an awesome funnel. You could have this great, you know, lead capture page, or uh, maybe you're doing some kind of a tripwire or giving something away for free. You just got to opt in, and then you got like a little funnel behind that, right? So you you build all that stuff. You search it and optimize it. You keyword optimize it. You got your keywords and your title tags. Your description tags are good. You got your on-page optimization all set, and you're rocking. Like you're like, man, this is awesome. Like. I'm going to rank really high for this website. But what people forget is if you wait for the search engine traffic to come, you haven't even tested your funnel out yet to see if it's going to convert. You just built the yeah. house, but you don't know who's going to live in it. So by able to go to Facebook and pay for traffic to send through that squeeze page to see if your funnel is going to actually convert, then you can get optimized quick. You can test your funnels quickly with paid traffic to know if the SEO, when it does come, is when the people do come, um, if they'll convert when they go through your funnel. So it's always, I think it's always cool to have a combination of both, but you can get paid traffic to test everything out quickly before you just wait and see traffic. And you know, if you just do the wait and see traffic, you never know if your funnel's converting because you're getting such a low volume of people coming through your funnels to make it your tweaks to make things better so you get um, better sales and so forth. You are what I would call a natural leveragist, and what what I mean by that is that I've watched you over the years, and 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 I see the way that you look at things. And and as I pointed out earlier, it's not the same way that everybody looks at things. <laughs> Other people, you know, uh, uh, you know, they put out plans. They're like, all right, in a year I want to be here. In two or three to five years I want to be here, and then they start shooting for that goal, and they've got a year in mind, and. I want to know what your idea of of leverage that changes that kind of thing because it's okay to have a one-year plan as long as you're open to the fact that it might happen in three months if you, you, you use leverage properly. I, I feel like you and people like you look at the web, look at the market, uh, look at opportunity in a different way that gets you down the road faster than typical people who think they have to live and die by the one- to three-year plans that they put out there and then they do that, and they miss opportunities for leverage. How do you, how would you describe yourself as someone who looks at things differently and always looking for that upper opportunity, not the one right in front of you, but what if I could five times that? Or what if I could go three rungs of the ladder above that? How would you describe that? I think I have entrepreneur ADD. I think a lot of people do. Um, where I can't really focus in certain spaces for too long because I get bored with it, um, you know, as I talked about at the beginning of our call, you know, I, I focused on podcasting for several years because that was the hot thing to talk about, and people were and I and I saw that there was a way to make money with podcasting, and people should have their own shows. That's where I kind of jumped off the springboard in my internet marketing career in 2006. Then I started learning about outsourcing and how to leverage. You talk about leverage. I talked about you know how to make myself multiply myself into other people doing the work for me getting you know, skilled and talented workers to do the things that I don't want to do or don't know how to do to do my stuff, that, that ran its course for about three or four years. And then mobile apps was really hot. And everyone said, you've got to have a mobile app. And every business needs a mobile app and some mobile apps. And so I jumped into that space. And then I jumped into the e-commerce space. Um, I'm not bored in the e-commerce space right now because I realized Amazon hasn't stopped selling products. <laughs> and as long yeah. as people need, I mean, it's a, it's a big shift. I used to be like all about selling information products, selling courses, being a guru, selling stuff to people so they could do what I do. 
but I never actually sold this, you know, direct to consumers, the, just regular products that everyday people bought. But when I shifted from stop, stopping to have to always market to people to sell information courses to just selling T-shirts or necklaces or bracelets or jewelry or um, accessories for your iPhone, right? When I when I started doing that, it was so easy. People would actually mm-hmm. buy my stuff, and and so I don't think looking five years to the future and what's coming next or whatever, I don't think selling things to people is going to ever go away. It's what makes the world work. It's what makes commerce work. It's what makes it's what puts dollars into the system that makes the system run. It's people need to buy stuff. People need to be purchasing things. They need to they need to they need tools for their iPhones. They need shirts that make them laugh and keep them warm. And so I don't think that stuff's going to be going away anytime soon. But I do see there's going to be more and more people coming into this space, and it's going to become more and more crowded, which is going to make it harder and harder to make your messages seen as individuals um, that, that that makes it unique and get you know people to check out your stuff when you've got such a crowded crowded space. Um, yeah. but one, there's one a lot person, of reluctant people in that market too, though. A lot of people who got downsized and you know they they they're looking for opportunity because of necessity not out of necessarily interest so there's always like a percentage of people like you who go through the whole way and you also love it and you sought it out so you never you know you didn't get downsized you're not running from a bad situation to something that just you hope will sustain you you ran away from it because you didn't want a job <laughs> and then you know, burnt that bridge behind you, then you threw a grenade on it, and then you just obliterated it and scattered the dust to the winds because you never wanted to have that. At least that's the way it went for me. So there's people yeah. like us, and there's always a percentage of people like us. And, yes, because of economies and um, you know automation and everything else, a lot more people are coming into the space. But do you think that the, a significant percentage of them at all, whatever you would think is significant, are actually – have what it takes to go the distance. I mean, they have to because they're not going back to that job. But at the same time, there is human nature. I don't know. I don't know what people, what what every single person has inside of them that's going to make it work for them. But what I do know is that e-commerce is here to stay. And what I do know is that every day people are going to the internet and they're buying stuff online and they're buying it and they're not stopping and they love to buy online. Um, in Minnesota, well, we're good um, consumers. We're real good oh, consumers. Yeah. <laughs> because of that, that keeps me in business. Because as long as I can keep providing the things that people want to buy, and creating things that people want to buy, they're going to keep consuming from me and, and purchasing from me, and that's going to pay the bills and let us live the lifestyle that we want to live. But this e-commerce business is so great because that that laptop, that laptop a lifestyle and a laptop um, vision that people have, where they can just take a laptop. I'm going to go on the marketer's cruise next week, and so I'm going to be on a boat, and I'll be hanging out, and while I'm there, I'll have my laptop with me. I'll be able to log in from the boat in the middle of the Caribbean Ocean, check in with my business, check in with my staff, tweak a few things here, and then go have some fun with a bunch of marketers, but my business is still making me money. That laptop lifestyle is what everybody wants because they want the time freedom back. They don't want to be slaves to these nine-to-five jobs or ten-hour-a-day jobs that they hate working for these businesses that have no meaning for them. They want to have time freedom. I cannot tell you guys, like for the last, whatever, 16 years I've been doing this, from being a youth pastor, which I love to do, to now being an entrepreneur and having time freedom, any given day I can get up and go do whatever I want. If I don't want to work today, I don't have to because my business is making me money and selling for me without me being directly involved. And that's the for me, that's the ideal business that people should be getting into is businesses that they can leverage, set up, automate, walk away from it, and then still having it make them money whether they're, they're there or not. And my friends, e-commerce is that solution for me. It, it might be for you. I don't know. But it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I don't see it's going to go away anytime soon. My marketing ADD is kicking in, and I'm starting to go, man, I want an e-commerce site now. I just always look at – well, every every single episode of this, every single guest makes me look at the grass on their side of the fence really hard and go, dang, that's that's pretty cool. Or, no, I'm good where I am. But today, you've enticed me with the uh, – you know, I have clients with the – I have a Shopify client and a, and a, a guy on big commerce who's really big um, – 
and I, I've been more introduced to these worlds because I came back to SEO, and guess what? It's not all the same. The people who are hiring me now have e-commerce sites. And so I've kind of had to crash course into SEO for e-commerce, and it's different. It's got a lot of nuances. One of the cool things is that I can see everybody's metrics all the way through to the purchase and the profit. It's so cool. Information marketers don't have – they have like one or two products, and it's not really that sexy to go into their Google Analytics and look at their goals and completions. and Not like it is when you've got like – knives and kitchen goods and hundreds and hundreds of products and you can see the keyword you can see the search engine they came through or the facebook that they came through the, and and what they bought what they searched for what they bought and how much profit it was and everything else and i'm like oh my god i've got all my data here like yeah this that is, is awesome. amazing this nowadays is really cool and that's why facebook and you know so how to make moves they give you that the Facebook data pool that we have to access to be able to figure out who we should target to see our products is what makes the engine work. If we didn't have, yeah. hey, show my ad to that plumber or show my ad to this teacher or show my ad to this second grade teacher, you wouldn't have that specificity. Uh, what was the word? I don't know what the word is. If you didn't, I think specific, it's specificity. Yeah, specificity. Uh, it sounds great. It sounds great, but it's hard to say. <laughs> but if, as long as yeah. you're, you can get a specific product, because I have a, a necklace that says, you know, teaching is, 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 is my heart or whatever. You know, I just made that up. Maybe I should go put that on a necklace right now. But teacher, teaching is in my heart, <laughs> and the teacher's going to wear that. But, you know, where do I go find a teacher on, on Google to put that ad in front of that teacher? I don't know. But I know where to go on if you don't If you don't have the specificity, you, you're back to Yahoo big media buys and buying banners across great big sites. Right, and, and you're have just all wasting a bunch of money. But if I know yeah. I can put, put – uh, there's, there's 100,000 second-grade teachers on Facebook in any given day. I can put that one necklace in front of that 100,000 second-grade teachers. The chances of me selling a couple of those bracelets or necklaces is pretty high. And as long as it's a phrase that people haven't seen, been there, done that, that's something that's special, unique, and, and new, I'm going to get their attention. They're going to click on it. They're going to go buy it. I'm going to make some money. So you talked about a big leverage tactic right at the top of this, and uh, we have a couple of minutes left. We're, we're talking about um, your site. Give us your site again. I just, I just clicked a bunch of tabs Academy. and I lost it. Socialprofitacademy.com. Okay, socialprofitacademy.com. And the thing that you mentioned was don't be afraid. A leverage tactic is go find somebody smart and follow them around. Don't try to blaze your own trail. And don't go sitting at the power editor on Facebook and just staring at it like it's an aircraft carrier with a huge number of controls and go, I don't know how to do this. Not when somebody like Jeff is out there who's willing to teach you. So uh, what else can people do? You you mentioned a free course. Tell us a little bit quickly about that. Well, it's a free course. It's got... It's got four different videos that teach you different aspects of um, how to make T-shirts that sell, to how to do Facebook ads. We've got one webinar that, that that's free that talks about you know why e-commerce is the is the current hot thing and how to get you know hooked into it. And what we really teach people is a system. We call it the eight-step system, where you're leveraging each of these steps to to learn how to you know basically do what I do. I've I, I narrowed it down into a concept called Blast. And I'm going to just run you guys through the BLAST concept real quick. So B stands okay. for build it. You've got to, you've got to build your, your Shopify store, and you've got to put products into your store. Number, and then the next one is L. It's, it's the L in BLAST, and that means link it. You've got to make a link on Facebook that links your ad to your sales page. A stands for audience research. You've got to research your audience uh, in depth, with Facebook to know who your best audience is to show your your products to, so you're not um, doing a message market mismatch, but a message market match and the right product in front of the right offer from the right person. Um, S stands for um, save your post. You got to put your post into into Facebook, save that post, and then T stands for traffic. You got to turn on the traffic and get people to come to your offers and start consuming your products and buying. So when you blast correctly, you'll have an offer um, driving traffic to a sales page, uh, to the right audience who sees a good ad. They, they like the ad. They engage with the ad. They share the ad. They comment on the ad. And they click on the ad. They go to your website. 
and they purchase. And that's the stuff we teach people how to do in a very specific sequence of events in the Social Profit Academy. We do offer uh, the free course. We do offer a, a paid course and paid coaching for anyone who's looking to get help with these kind of things. Jeff, thanks so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Uh, I didn't think I was going to have an e-commerce discussion today, and, and we did, and it's awesome. I love it. Uh, Gina, back to you. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. This was awesome. I couldn't even get a word in edgewise. I was wondering where you were. I was like, oh, is Gina, did she, did she disappear? But, yeah, I'm glad you're here. I don't let her talk. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> anyway, thank you again. We will be back same time, same place next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a great week, and thanks again, Jeff. You're welcome. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.